0: good evening hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful and beautiful sunday afternoon i know it's a little gloomy out there but uh hopefully everybody had a good day and hopefully everybody got you a nice little uh nap in i know i did in fact i i got such a in a deep sleep that i uh, had a hard time uh waking up i really honest with you i that's all i i thought like i told brandy i feel like i was coming out of an anesthesia uh, i uh, had a hard time i was, uh, I tried to open my eyes and and, and to, um, uh, adjust. And then all the next thing I know, I, uh, uh, was back asleep again. I had a hard time, but, uh, but I'm wide awake now and, uh, bright eyed and bushy tailed. And, uh, so, uh, ready or raring to go, but, uh, hope everybody has had a good day and a blessed day. hope everybody had a great, uh, Thanksgiving and a blessed Thanksgiving. And I know, uh, I ate way too much. Lord bless me with a, um. Not only a beautiful and talented wife, but one that can cook. And she made us an incredible, I mean, it looked like something out of uh, a magazine. The turkey she made and uh, all the fixings with uh, uh, the stuffing and uh, potatoes and deviled eggs and uh, gravy. She went all out. She did. She made her uh, homemade uh, pumpkin pie, but it was good. So uh, praise God for my wife. At the same time, she's making me fatter and fatter. So I don't know. If she's just trying to kill me slow or what, but uh, she does a fantastic job. And uh, tell you what, after we got done eating, uh, that, that nap never felt so good. So, but uh, well, Let's go ahead and look at our um, uh, opening scripture this evening. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. So if you have your Bibles handy, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. And it says, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me, if I preach not the gospel. And I've told you all four, at first has very special meaning to me. Uh, I've told you all four about the... Uh, uh, the dream I had of my dad, uh, uh, that they were rounding up uh, pastors and, and imprisoning them, and this is long for considered being in the ministry, and this dream was so vivid and real, and dreamed that they had, uh, had, had beaten him uh, horribly, and he still would renounce Jesus. And I know that to be true, that no matter what happened, he would still not renounce the Lord. And I remember I got to tell you somehow, and he... He, he, he gave me that uh, uh gave me a piece of paper and in that dream it had that verse so that verse has very special meaning and Alex, like i've told you before i put a lot of stock in in dreams but uh uh it is um, uh, but that one i really believe lord was uh used that to, to grab my attention because i he'd been dealing with me for many years uh, to be in the ministry and i didn't want to do it and uh and that uh, was the beginning of a very long journey. So, uh, prayer requests this evening, and if you have those available, I have those available. If you have any that you want uh, uh, to uh, uh, to to put on the comments here, feel free to do so. And if I, if I have already um, uh, prayed, uh, you know it doesn't matter because uh, no sound. I uh, don't know. Uh, if anybody, if my wife's watching, uh, does anybody know if the sound is uh, is not working? I don't know. Uh, let me see here. Um, I'm uh, getting sound. Getting sound on my end. I don't know. It's showing I went there and... Uh, it's It's definitely having sound, so i don't don't know what's going on but uh, for those who having trouble hearing then maybe uh will straighten out here in a minute but uh Don Taylor says she's got sound so there we go so uh darling Burger said hers is working all right, so there we go so at least we know uh, praise godly the the uh, uh, the the saved ones are um, are getting uh, getting sound. So and my wife said yes, there is sound. So and uh, Fran Perry says she has sound. So good deal. But anyway, uh, if you have any prayer requests, uh, be sure and uh, put those in the uh, comment section. And if it, even if it, after I've already prayed, no worries, because we can still come together and pray over these situations. But as uh, today, as of the prayer requests we have from this morning. Uh, Kim Penix, Murph, Jane Kitchings, Joe Franklin, Wendy Lee, Richard Campbell and his dad, Johnny and Nora, um, Morris and Carolyn, Larky and Nancy, Chuck and PK, Glenn Johnson, Tracy Kent, Diane Black, Jackie and Rhonda, PT, PT and Sherry, David Stinnett, uh, Pat Brown, Larry and Donna, Kathy Young, Kirk Young, Donnie Cutshaw, and... Um, Let's see. I think that's all we got on on that. Of course, I'm not going to read all the ones from this morning, uh, but those are the main ones uh, there. But I know Fran, uh, who's watching, uh, she did have one her um, for her uh, Aunt Frida, covered from COVID and UTI, and for my sisters and my family. Uh, See, Betty Whaley's watching. So she had on here, uh, and uh, pray for uh, Betty Betty Whaley and family, uh, Sophia, i don't know what that last name is and uh and angela Beatty, larry whaley tom killum jack mathis daryl moody uh and uh, uh, let's see here alice baker linda osborne i uh, see who else is watching here see hello mr roger winters mr Mar- martin martin his is, sounds working uh, stanton taylor Trailer, I mean. All right, Jim and Linda Arnold got theirs working, and um, so be sure to pray for all those um, uh, concerns, uh, if you will. So, and also too, I wanted to make sure that um, everybody understands. Uh, the only way I want to see your comments is if you are commenting directly on my on my Facebook. I've noticed I saw uh, the other day when I got speaking. Under the FLBC online, there were comments under there, and I thought people gonna think, well, 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 he's being a jerk, or he didn't read my comment. And I wonder why? Well, that's why because uh, I won't see those comments if you're commenting under the churches, or if you're commenting under the FLBC online, I will not see those comments. All right, maybe I might see them afterwards, but the only way I see them live is if you're actually responding right here on my personal. Uh, account so I just want to get make, let people know that because sometimes I don't see prayer requests I don't see comments or questions uh, on the other uh, uh, on the other account so I just want to let you know so nobody gets their feelings hurt there. so hi Will. all right let's go ahead and have a quick word of prayer uh, dear Father Lord we thank you we love you and we praise you uh, Lord thank you for another wonderful day a blessed day thank you for your forgiveness grace your mercy uh, Lord, I just want to lift up each and one of these prayer requests and concerns. Uh, Lord, I do pray that you be with Fred Paris uh, Prayer Concerns and Betty Whaley's. And uh, Lord, I do pray that you be with Richard Campbell and uh, his father. Uh, Lord, I do pray that you be with Kim Penix and Wendy Lee. I pray that you be with Roger Winters. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you be with Jane Kitchings. I pray that you be with... Uh, Mr. Ron Thompson, I know he's having some health issues. I pray for you bring healing upon him. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, with all these uh, prayer requests and concerns that we read here uh, this evening, I pray for you to be with David Stinnett. I know he's been having a lot of trouble with his heart, and uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you use the doctors to find out what's going on and bring him to full and complete health. Uh, Lord, I pray for you to be with my dad. Yeah, I know he's been uh, not feeling well, and I pray for you to bring healing upon him. And uh, Lord, I just uh, let your will be done. All those that were written down this morning, uh, all those mentioned this evening, and those throughout the week, Lord, you know the hearts and minds, you know the situations, those dealing with COVID-related issues, uh, those dealing with uh, personal issues, Lord, you know what's going on in each and every one of our lives. And Lord, let us depend upon you, understand that you're in control, and Lord, uh, let your will be done in each and every situation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, uh, Austin Hall. Hello, and uh, Stenton Trailer said, uh, "Hope and pray the toy winner went well." I don't know, uh, Mr. Trailer, if it went well or not. Uh, I'm sure it did. Uh, they didn't really have a, an actual toy run. They just really had a toy meeting, if you will. They just kind of showed up at Freedom Hall, and uh, they had, uh, uh, I think, some snacks and drinks and things, and uh, uh, just a place to drop off the toys. The actual ride itself uh, didn't happen uh because of um this whole covet thing so I'm, I'm sure i know i know people could ride into freedom hall obviously but the actual ride from there to uh uh the um uh, national guard here in, in gray didn't happen so uh so I, i'm sure it went well uh i'm trying to see um don't really see anything i try to see mom had some announcements written down but nothing that uh they had, you know, Everything you got down has already been taken care of and handled, so uh, nothing really to announce. Uh, Lord willing, will be back to our um, uh, live devotions uh, in the morning at 6.15, so be sure and tune in to that in the morning. Uh, of course, Wednesday evening, uh, we'll be starting our study in First Peter, possibly. The reason why I say possibly, I was all set to to start a, um, a new study and a new book, and we will, uh, but um, there are some topical uh, uh Oh, I'll get out here in a second um uh, my mind has went blank on me uh, some, there are certain topics I get here we again here in a second I'll try to pull it out there <laughs> certain topics that uh, several people has asked me about and been meaning to address but we've been in the middle of study of, of Hebrews we're being the study of Titus and um, uh, so I haven't had the ability to to address some certain topics so uh, before we dive into uh, uh, First Peter, uh, I may address a few topics uh, that people have asked questions about and uh, that need some clarification that may I've touched on uh, in these studies. And uh, so uh, I'm praying about that. I'm leaning heavily, towards that, uh, this, uh, for next, at least for this Wednesday anyway, and we'll kind of, we'll see what the Lord leads from there. So, uh, stay tuned for that. You want to be sure and, uh, don't want to miss those, uh, uh, those, those topics that, uh, that may need clarification, uh, that, uh, the several people was asked about. So, oh, hit the, hit the button there. All right. So let's go ahead and look at, uh, now tonight, uh, what I'm wanting to do, you know, uh, today is Founders Day. Uh, For the church, and uh, Dad was hitting on some things uh, this morning. Uh, You know, the church established in 1985. Uh, Prior to that, Dad preached at uh, Liberty Church of the Brethren in uh, here in Gray, and uh, before the Lord led him uh, to start Fountain Life Bible Church. And uh, of course, you know, Dad was recounting uh, some things throughout the church's history. And uh, but I thought, you know, it might be. Uh, interesting, or I hope that you would think it would be interesting uh, to, uh, to perhaps uh, look at things from my perspective. You know, obviously, as my dad was building the church and his uh, relationships, uh, his uh, account, uh, his dealings with people, and how things, events happen, obviously uh, will have special meaning to him, but how. I saw things from the, from the preacher's kid perspective, uh, may uh, be a little different. And I thought, you know, with you know today being Founder's Day, normally what do we do even have Sunday evening service on Founder's Day? Because we usually are the stay after church and eat and all that. But uh, obviously uh, we couldn't do that with all this COVID stuff, and we had, had they had the ride today too. So, um, but anyway, uh, bear with me. This uh, is, is still going to be a teaching. Uh, uh, message this evening. Uh, it's, it's not all about me. <laughs> it's, it's about the Lord, but uh, but I, I, I have some things I would like to uh, divulge, and we'll see what the Lord leads here this evening. So uh, let's look at Isaiah 55 uh, verses, six, verses 6 through 9. Isaiah 55 verses 6 through 9. In regards to perspective, we're seeing God's perspective right here in these passages. Uh, in Isaiah 55, through Seek ye the Lord, while he may be found. Call ye upon him, while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord." For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Let's have a quick word of prayer. Therefore, Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you for this day and your grace and your mercy. Uh, Lord, lead us uh, this evening uh, in this teaching. Uh, Lord, uh, let your spirit fill uh, not only this little office, but uh, but every household uh, that's watching this evening, Lord, let your word go out and go forth and uh, let this word honor you this evening. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. You know, we look at uh, perspective, you know, we look at that uh, reflection of who we are. Uh, you know, a Christian's perspective may be uh, in the gifts that God has given them. And, uh, you know, when, as my perspective uh, as, a, as a preacher's kid, you know, it's, yeah, I look back, um, as i told you before, over the years, uh, you know, as my dad started into the ministry, I, you know, I, it's so weird how the older you get, uh, the, the more you recall sometimes, you know. And I still remember, like, at uh, uh, when, uh, I don't know, I was probably maybe like five years old, maybe. And um, and, and going to uh, Sunday school, and and uh, it was just um, uh, it was different, you know. I don't know how to describe it, it was different. Uh, you know, I wasn't really used to uh, to, to going, I guess, but uh, uh, but I still remember my dad's first message at uh, right down the road here at Pleasant Valley Church, right down below. In fact. The very first place he ever preached at was the very first place I ever that I was asked to do a revival at. So I thought that was really neat uh, how that happened. But anyway, uh, but, you know, as I told you before, uh, it seemed in the late 70s or 80s, early 80s, uh, you know, at least what I saw at that point in time was this, uh, and, and many rec- uh, has called uh, the 70s the Third Great Awakening, uh, people just seem so on fire, uh, so eager uh, to hear into uh, God's word, and uh, and I remember uh, Dad going to different youth camps and such. And I don't know about you all, but uh, these camps always had to, had a unique smell—the uh, the the the, uh, the 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 rooms and such that you would sleep in, and uh, I don't know, it just had a unique. Different smell. I don't know how to describe it. It stinks. It was just a different smell. I don't. Know, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know why I'm on smells right now. But anyway, but uh, I remember uh, it being packed. Of course, you know this is before uh, social media, was before uh, computer. I mean, well, computers were around, but you don't know mean for the uh, the active uh, internet. And, uh, and and I think that's what's really hurt. Uh, I think it, it's it's the social media has helped ministry. In uh, the, the fact that it's helped us to advance the gospel that much more, but it has hurt in the fact that people are too preoccupied in their phones. And, uh, uh or, or watching online, which praise God, we have that ability or you won't be able to watch here this evening. So it's kind of a double edged sword. It really is. But I remember that, that excitement. I mean, you could see it, you could feel it. You, I remember people, you know, you, you see all these young people, uh, with their, with their Bibles and excited, uh, to learn and to hear, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was very, uh, very neat, uh, to see, you know, uh, as a kid, uh, you know, as uh, when Dad uh, started uh, preaching really full time and, and preaching at Liberty Church of the Brethren, I remember uh, how uh, the ch- Lord used him in a mighty way, and in uh, in watching. Uh, the church grow tremendously she's talking about he's talking about this morning how they and they didn't want to grow anymore that's one of the reasons why he left Liberty they got to a point where they wanted to be and they didn't want to, didn't want to have any more people and you may think well that sounds nasty it wasn't just that church you know when I was doing my uh, undergraduate studies at Luther Rice uh, actually there's a lot of churches like that they get to a point where they want to be and that's it they don't want any more growth and that is, seems so foreign to me that anybody would want to uh, uh, to be that way, uh, to want to, uh, uh, to to only reach a certain level of individuals. I'll say, well, that's enough people we want to reach. That's it. That just that blows my mind. I don't get that. Why would you not want to reach as many people as you could to 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 have a church to continually grow? Uh, is it, mind-boggling to me uh, to see that happen. But uh, uh, you know, it is. Uh, but you know. Being that preacher's kid, of course, you know, it is uh, uh, an interesting uh, thing to to be a preacher's kid. I won't get into that here in just a minute. But uh, in regards to uh, that perspective, that, um, uh, you know, when you look at perspective, particularly uh, just in general, you know, those in the world, their perspective is, is going to be skewed because if their father is not God, then their father is the devil. And those who are saved, those who are are God's children, uh, that perspective is going to be held from an eternal standard. Uh, It is going to be looked at, viewed at 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 God's sovereignty, knowing that he is to control. You know, that perspective, So so, when we look at perspective in general, uh, you know, I'm talking about my perspective uh, as a preacher's kid, watching my father's ministry uh, is, uh, uh, is, is very exciting. When I look back, I didn't understand it at the time, might not have, uh, have, uh but looking back, I can see how exciting it was and the adventure, uh, that God had put my dad on and carried us along with him, uh, as a minister. And, uh, uh, but those who are saved when we have god's perspective we understand that sovereignty uh, his mercy his grace we can view things uh, we understand the temporal the eternal we understand that we are sojourners we understand that we are are strangers in a strange land uh, i think it was uh, uh i want to say exodus or deuteronomy i think it was uh no not deuteronomy i'm trying to think i thought i had it written down here but i don't uh, talking about how we are exiles and strangers, so we can view things in, in, the, in the eternal uh, and not focus on this this temporal world that we live in. And uh, so, perspective can be very neat, can be very uh, uh, unique to the individual. And uh, you know, it is uh, you know when Dad left uh, Liberty. And started the church. Uh, Dave Feather says he just got sound. I don't know why people. Some people are having sound trouble, and some people aren't. So I don't know what uh, what's going on there. Why why others can are having uh, trouble and issues, and others don't. I don't know. But anyway, um, so you know when he's when Dad started the church, you know he was talking about the the storefront. Uh, it was. Uh, uh, It was exciting, uh, but I know it was stressful on my parents because uh, uh, dad went from having a salary to pretty much having no salary. And they were having to work at uh, temporary agencies uh, to try to put food on the table and such. And and see, I didn't know till later on uh, how tough it, Mom and Dad was having, but uh, just putting food on the table. And uh, Dad was talking about how there was times when Mom would make everything that was in the refrigerator make a stew or something, and that was all they had. And all of a sudden, he, he would get a knock at the door. Somebody said, "Hey, Lord," said to. Uh, so to, to to give this to you and it'd be enough money to buy some groceries it just amazes me how uh, the Lord works and uh, how uh, He provides you know the Lord always provides uh, you know you may be in a situation where you're thinking what am I going to do and you're wringing your hands and wondering what's going to happen but God is, is going to take care of you He's going to take care of your needs He's going to help you get through those things uh, and uh, so we need to put our trust in in God and uh, you know it you know we may not have had the the best of everything, but you know, the Lord always provided for us. And you know what? There's never a Christmas that uh, we ever had to do without or ever, you know, everything we've, we've ever asked for, you know, since so the Lord, uh, you know, Mom and Dad always seemed to figure out a way to get for us, you know. So I didn't mean, like we, you know, that's why I didn't know a lot of these things that were going on. Uh, they uh, never told us, you know. And uh, uh, it, uh, as the church was growing, you know, like I said, it, it was fascinating. We was in that storefront, and, uh, uh, of course, my grandfather was was trying to help us, and he bought the land that we're at now and and building the church. And, uh, you know, uh, when you walk in those doors uh, at the church, you know, for me, again, from uh, a perspective, uh, you know, to remember seeing the foundation being laid, you know, watching the the massive walls being transported. See, our, the main sanctuary of our church used to be a Baptist church that sat along the Bristol Highway where Winged Deer Park, Winged Deer Park or whatever you call it <laughs> is at now, and they said, you know, we they, they couldn't move it. And my grandfather, Lord, laid on his heart on how to cut out sections and move that church. And to see that happen and watching things being built from the ground up, I mean, as a kid, I was, you know, playing under the, um, where the battery is now, you know, and, uh, 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 and watching that go up, uh, it, it, and watching the fellowship, I remember, I remember when we built the fellowship hall, and then we built it all in one day, put it under roof in one day, you know, and uh, in fact, uh, where you walk into the sanctuary now, uh, is an addition, you know, as, before there was no balcony, uh, and uh, and that part where you walk in used to be a, you'd be able to drive through and let people out and uh, and the the sound room was right above uh, where you walk into the main doors there and there was classrooms up there but then we started to grow and uh, Dad put in those stairwells on each side we put in the balcony added on and it's just amazing you know I remember sitting there you know, and we we had to put up uh, uh, folding chairs because we didn't have uh, uh, pews. And uh, we had to put out folding chairs. And uh, 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 to watch it, you know, I remember sitting there counting 30 people. I thought, I'm wondering what it looked look like with 100 people. Then it, Lord, it continued to grow. And finally we was able to afford to put pews in. And I thought, I wonder what it's going to look like with 200 people, 300 people, 400 people. But, you know, it got to the point where we were maxed out. And that's one of the reasons why it led us to having to do Freedom Hall uh, once a month for for a long time. Because we were we were. We were packed out. we were not for people to park. It was an exciting time. Now, during all this, you know, again, as a child growing up in the ministry, you know, it. Uh, I didn't fully understand. You know, uh, you know, the whole. Know, how can I put it? Uh, I don't want to say the church thing, but you know. Uh, relating to other people, you know, I think there's, uh, and again, it's an area I'm going to get into in just a second in regards to expectations uh, with preachers' kids. But um, I didn't always get along with everybody, and uh, whether it's teachers uh, or whether it's people my age, uh, I, I had a hard time uh, sometimes. And, and I'm the when I was a kid, if you made me mad, I would just shut down. All right, I know that sounds weird. But uh, when I was in kindergarten, I had to go to see a Christian. In fact, it was at, at that time, uh, the kindergarten was at Buffalo Ridge, right here, below the, the, uh, where we live at now. And a teacher there was very, very mean to me. And I remember she would make fun of the way I would write my letters. And uh, for the whole class, I remember them laughing at me. And uh, I would just shut down. I wouldn't do nothing. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't, I wouldn't make any effort to do nothing. I would just get mad and, and shut down. And uh, that's how I dealt with a lot of things. If I didn't like somebody, then uh, you know they, they knew it, and uh, and I was pretty nasty uh, to uh, some of the teachers. And there's a lot of times I didn't want to go to church. There were times I didn't want to go to Sunday school. There was, time, you know, I didn't want to do these things. And um, uh, you know, so it was you know obviously a growing process. But uh, the way I talked to a lot of people. Uh, the way I treated some people, I wish that I could change. You know, me and Dad told about this morning. I said, "Man, I wish there could be a reset button, and uh, we could, it could, it, you know, know what we know now and go back and change a lot of things." You know, I'd give anything in the world to just be able to change how I treated a lot of people throughout my life, whether I was a kid or whether I was um, uh, in high school, college, whatever. There's a lot of things in my life. I would give anything in the world. Uh, that I could change and how I've treated people, and uh, you know, I remember uh, how I'd be nasty to a lot of people, and and I remember people saying, "How do you sleep at night?" You know, and I get smart and I'm like, "Just quite well, thank you." And uh, but you know what? I stay up now, and I think about so. I told my daughter the other day, "Be careful how you treat people. so it may be coming well, it may come back around to bite you one way or the other." And um, and I wish I could uh, I could fix those areas of my life where I, you know, and you can say, well, you were just a kid. Well, that's true, but, uh, but still nonetheless, uh, there's, a, there's an area where you should have, where I could have been a little nicer, a little more courteous, uh, not been so, uh, so smart, you know, and, um, you know, it, it was tough. I've told you before, I was bullied a lot in, in uh, before I went to high school, I was bullied a lot in private school. And, was the way I looked and, and such, and uh, and I had a real chip on my shoulder, and it, it took a lot of years and, and the dealing with anger uh, because of that chip on my shoulder. You know, and I think there's a lot of people out there who uh, who wish they could forget, uh, could change things that are out there. And like I said at the beginning of this, this is meant to be not only a perspective on Founders Day and Fountain Life Bible Church. But I want this to be a teaching lesson as well. I want you to look over here at Philippians uh, chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Philippians 3. Let me get over here. Philippians 3, uh, 13 and 14 says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. I press forward or press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, all right? So remember that, uh, you know, when we, we want to, it's not so much that we're forgetting our past, okay? Like I said, uh, you know, when I look back through uh, my life, um, and I remember uh, teachers or people that were volunteering their time, and uh, I might not have like that person. I look back and I think, why did I not like that person? What was it? And I think what it was, I just didn't want to be there. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, uh, you know, I just, uh, the attitude I had, I just didn't, I didn't want to be there, you know, Uh, and I, and I hate the way that I acted uh, towards these individuals a lot throughout my life. But when you look at this to forget, all right, it's not like you're, you're completely forgetting because one thing for sure, the devil ain't going to let you forget your past, all right? Like I said, I, uh, I'd give anything uh, to, uh, to fix so much of what I've done in my past. But it's no longer uh, caring for or uh, refusing to focus on those things in the past. Uh, we can say Corinthians 5, uh, verse 17, that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. We become a new person. So we're no longer focusing on those things in our past. But we're focusing on those things. Well, I think that's why we, why, what we see here, I press toward the mark for the prize, of the high calling of God. We have to look towards the future. And I've told you this before, that one of my weaknesses is focusing on the past. I overthink things. And uh, I could be working and, uh, or praying, and all of a sudden, I can automatically be in a place and time in my life as, as if it was just happened yesterday, something I've said, something I've done, how I reacted. And I'm like, oh, God, forgive me, you know. And I thought, oh, i give you anything if I could just change this. i give me anything if I hadn't said this or hadn't done that. I don't care if it was something uh, that me and my wife got into it about. You know, we're going on 20 years of marriage. It could have happened 20 years ago. It could have happened last week. You know, or how I've treated people in the past. It, it, it just And that's where the devil wants to refocus our attention, not on pressing toward, as we see here in verse 14, uh, press toward the mark of the prize, the high climb of God, Instead of putting our focus where it needs to be, it's so easy to focus where it shouldn't be. But when we look at uh, 2 Corinthians five seventeen that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus, and we look over here at Ephesians chapter two verses eight and nine. Uh, it says, "For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast." Because we know that once we are saved, once we are, God gives us that forgiveness of sins. He doesn't hold that over us anymore that we are forgiven, and he doesn't uh, uh, no longer uh, bring that back up over our heads. See, it's the old devil that wants to bring those things back up over your head and remind you of those things that you have done in the flesh. And uh, uh, let's see here. Look at um, Hebrews 8.12. That was another one right here I think is very applicable with what, we're, what I'm talking about right now. Hebrews 8.12 says... Um, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more. So that's a great thing to know that when we ask for forgiveness of sins, we ask Jesus Christ uh, to forgive us of our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us those sins. He right, You see it right here. I will remember uh, no more. He will remember that no more. He's not going to bring that back up ever again. And uh, so... We need to cling to God's grace and his mercy and understand that we are forgiven. Those sins, past and present and future sins, have been nailed to the cross. And we don't need to dwell on that anymore. We need to look toward the cross. We need to look toward eternity. We need to look toward Jesus Christ. And it, and we have to be very, very careful about those, dwelling on those past mistakes. Because nine times out of ten, when you're focusing on past mistakes, it's the, you know, we, you're not going to change them. You know, that's one thing we have to understand. You cannot change those past mistakes as bad as you want to, as bad as you would love to take an eraser and change that. All it does is bring you down. All it does is bring you into depression. All that does is, it, you know, and that's a tool of the devil. What does he want to do? He wants to rob you of your joy. He wants to, he wants to rob you uh, of, he wants to separate between you and Christ and he and we can give in to that. All right, let your joy be full. I understand you're forgiven. I understand you're not that person anymore. That you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Praise God for that. And as I so when you start feeling that coming on, and sometimes it's easier said than done. That when you feel that coming on, that's when you need to start praying, Lord, help me. Help me with my focus. Help me with the direction of my thoughts. Help me not to focus on those things I cannot change and focus on the things that are you. The hope is to focus on the future. Help me to focus going forward. No man got anywhere looking backwards. And as easy as it is, and as much as I would love to change things, I trust me, I hear I'm going on 48 years old, and here in a few weeks I'll be turning 48. It doesn't seem possible. 30 years went by that quick. I, I, it just seemed like yesterday I was 18. It doesn't seem possible. It does not seem possible that that much time has went by that quick. And boy, what I would give to know what I know now and to fix so many things. And, uh, uh, you know, you don't know how bad I would like to see my best friend Lance that died of cancer and one more time. How much i love to see my papaw Leo, my papaw Bruce just one more time. The cool thing is. I will see them again you know i would love to go back and hug them one more time but see that's just it they're looking backwards but looking forward uh we understand that as christians we get to see these individuals again so if i don't have to go back to see them i get to go forward and see them you know because i know where they're at and so even in those dire times uh, that uh, the, the devil wants to bring you into depression, and the holidays, man, will, will pull you into depression that quick because uh, that that's when you know you really get nostalgic, and, uh, and and particularly if it's the first Christmas or first birthday or first Easter without that loved one, buddy, that really plays on your mind. And that's why you got to fight that. And we can't give in to that depression because if you know they're saved, you know where they're at and you know you're going to see them again. So quit dwelling. You know, that's what, like I told Brandy, you know, or said before, rather, you know, Brandy likes to watch old Dr. Phil. And I don't always agree with everything he says, but he did have a nugget of, you know, like Dad says, a blind hog finds an acorn every now and then. Uh, is that uh, he did have a, uh, something he said that I never thought about before. And you know, it's with the fact that. He's he telling somebody that couldn't get over the death of someone. And he said, Why focus on that one day of loss? Why not focus on a lifetime that they had of, of laughter and joy and the things they'd done? I thought, you know what? What a valid point. You know, it's so easy to focus on that one day of loss when we can focus on a lifetime uh, of laughter and, and the, the time we have with that individual. And as Christians, I will add to what he said, and as Christians, not only can we focus on uh, the the time we had with them, we get to focus on the time we get, we'll get, still get to have with them in the future. So, you know, uh, it is... Um, uh, so don't let the holidays bring you down and focus on what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. And don't let those things of the past cloud your, your thinking and rob you of your joy because that's exactly what the old devil wants you to do. You know, I am... Um, I didn't even tell my wife this, but uh, Thursday uh, Thanksgiving, I was in the shower and I was I was crying. I ain't gonna lie, I was crying. Uh, not because I saw myself in the mirror, which sometimes does happen when uh, <laughs> when I see myself in the mirror, it does cause a tear. But uh, I was thinking about uh, I was thinking about my grandfathers, and uh, and how much I missed them, and uh, uh, I just had to just really I had to really fight. Uh, to get past that, you know, I was like, you know, come on now, you know, your son's coming over, you know, you so let's make this time a joyful time. Let's not make this a, a time of, uh, of depression. So that's why I just say, Lord, please tell my grandfathers I love them and I miss them. And guess what? I know they got that message. And so, my friends, you know, we can have regrets of the past, but don't let that uh, uh, control who you are today and your future. As we read here in Philippians, we must press toward. We must press toward. We must keep going forward and having that encouragement. You know, we look at that perspective. You know, we're talking about this perspective. You know, I have this perspective, of my perspective of the ministry of Fountain Life Bible Church. And you look at uh, the the Apostle Paul. You know, uh, he uh, he didn't ha- he had problems with Barnabas. He didn't like. I mean, not Barnabas. Um, John Mark. He had problems with John Mark, and uh, uh, he really didn't feel like he was worth the time to fool with. To be quite honest. I mean, just put it in in the vernacular. And, uh, but Barnabas, who was uh, full of encouragement, saw potential in him and said, hey, you know, hey, I'll, I'll take him on and, and uh, I'll work with him. And so, uh, you know, Paul, in his perspective, didn't see uh, the good Barnabas did. Sometimes our perspective and where we're at in life, we may not always see the good in someone or in where we're at in our lives, but I think those of us who are Christians, we keep that, that perspective where it needs to be on the Lord Jesus and in his sovereignty, and that he is in control, I think that can redirect uh, where uh, our thinking is and how we view people and situations. And, you know, because it kind of goes back to that uh, silver lining, if you will. And it may not, you may that silver lining in all situations may not always be easily seen, but it is is—it is there. Now, again, I want you to look over here at Ephesians 2 8 9. I know we just read that, but I want to re- look at that just one more, visit that one more time. Ephesians Ephesians two, eight and nine, it said for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves; it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Salvation is that free gift. Whoops! Oh, hit the thing there. Sorry about that. Gift is that. I mean, salvation is a gift of God. You know, you know, it's we cannot work our way into heaven and uh, we can't buy our way into heaven, uh, salvation is that free gift of God. Now, as a preacher's kid, and this is one of the areas I wanted to, to get into a little bit here, uh, of course, preacher's kids have that um, uh, reputation of being crazy and being wild. And some live up to that expectation. But uh, I was looking at Barna uh, in, in, his, uh, in their study in regards to preachers' kids, and that stereotype of uh, of how many of these kids actually turn away from the gospel and uh, get crazy and get wild. There are some reasons as to why they... uh, Some do, and I'm going to get into some statistics here in just a minute, because the expectations placed on many preachers' kids. They are expected to act a certain way. They're expected to be a certain way. And, um, you know uh there is pressure there uh it's like living in a fish bowl uh in fact uh that's why I worry about my kids you know I have so always told them you just be you all right you don't worry about what mommy and daddy thinks what anybody else thinks you just do what you what god would want you to do and i'll be proud of you all right and that's all okay care. who cares what anybody else thinks but i know what it's like and uh some preachers they act one way at the pulpit and act one way at home hey my family knows I'm not perfect. Yes, I lose my temper. Yes, sometimes I say things I shouldn't. I do things I shouldn't. Act the way I shouldn't. But at least my kids understand that, you know what, my love for Jesus is real. And that uh, that I, they understand that God is forgiving and loving. And even though I'm imperfect, and first to admit I'm imperfect, uh, they I think they see that how real Christ is to me. And hopefully that is something they'll relate to. Because so many kids have so much expectation on them as as preacher's kids that once they get into the world, once they get into uh, uh, college and they get a little taste of freedom, they go crazy, they go wild because of so many restrictions that were put on them. And I try hard to give my kids uh, the freedom that they want. It's hard. I ain't going to lie. It is so hard uh, to, uh, to give my kids that freedom. Uh, it's very difficult for me, uh, and uh, particularly my little girl, to give her the freedom she wants and needs and uh, let her spread her wings. And it's, it's hard uh, because of the dangerous things that are out there. But statistically, uh, if you look at um, uh, preacher's kids in regards to millennials in general,
1: there, there are you know,
0: those who stay in the uh, with um, uh, their convictions as Christians, and those who have went out into the world are 38%. It's really average for those who, whether they're preachers' kids or not, is 38% across the board. And so there's not like it's statistically more because they're a preacher's kid versus those who are in the world. It's actually pretty average and pretty normal. But, um, but as a preacher's kid, uh, I've seen how people treated my father. Like I said, that's one of why I did not want to be a pastor. I've seen people, I've seen my dad be so good to people, give them things, buy them things, you know, th- thinking they were his best friend and turn around and stab him in the back uh, and, and hurt him deeply and dearly. And it, it is it has made me so angry uh, how these people have treated him and done him. I used to, when I, I remember uh, where dad used to preach at, uh, I remember I, I there's deacons who would follow me around, you know, uh, and, uh, uh, see where I was at and what I was doing, you know, uh, I even had a woman get on me because I wouldn't sing, which if you hear me now, you would think she would applaud that, you know, but, uh, praise God dad, uh, uh, come to my defense and, uh, actually got honor for uh, give, being nasty to me, but, uh, so there's a lot of a lot of preachers' kids out there who do turn away from the gospel. I hope and pray uh, daily uh, that my kids will go far and do much for the kingdom of God. I pray for that constantly. I'm not, I'm not saying they have to be in the ministry, but I hope that they will always stay true. Uh, to the to the things of Christ, and that they will not go and uh, get it, get a taste of that freedom, get a taste of of college, and uh, all of a sudden turn their backs on God. I hope, pray that they don't ever do that. They always walk closely with the things of God, because there's nothing out there that w- worth pursuing. There's nothing out there that is grander and better than the things of God. And I regret wholeheartedly. Uh, for turning my back on God for many years. I wish I had, oh my gosh, so I look back to the worst times of my life because I turned my back on God. Uh, I was talking about my best friend Lance that died of cancer. When he died of cancer, I just turned my back on the Lord and I got out in the world and i done stuff. I, I, uh, it, it nauseates me, the things that I have said and things that I have done. Like I said, you know, it's, it's what I was talking about. It's so easy to, to shift right back into the past and uh, things that you have done but um, you know and I've told you before I did not want to be a pastor I had no desire to be a pastor at all I had zero desire to be a pastor that's why I joined the Air Force you know just like Jonah I was running I didn't want to to uh, to be a preacher at all I, I, I knew deep down that uh, uh, I don't know if it's so much to be a pastor but in the be, but to be in the ministry of some sort I, I think I knew deep down that's where I needed to be. But it didn't want to it's not that i was embarrassed with what my dad done i've always looked up to him I always saw him as a as my hero not to sound uh, uh, cliche or uh, you know uh or corny but uh, i've always looked up to my dad I'm always very proud of him and his ministry in in the church uh in general and um uh, you know even after the lord called me to the ministry and uh, uh it was uh, as i told you before it was very it's been a very hard and difficult road because so many people wanted to compare me to my dad, and uh, I, you know, and, and that was tough. Because even after coming into the ministry, I still had a lot of rough edges, man. You know, I, I still, uh, you know, I I was in the world for a long time, and so I was nowhere near the spiritual level of a lot of people in the church. I'll be honest with you, and uh, you know, and, and uh, I was. You talk about a learning curve. It, 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 it was. It's been tough. And uh, and I regret how I've treated uh, people, and, and again uh, things I've said and done, and uh, I wish I could go back and do and do better at that. And it's not that I, I've it's not that I have arrived. It's not that I have uh, I've, uh, I've, I've met uh, a level uh, that needs no more growth. By no stretch of imagination, I still have a lot of growth. I still have a lot of learning. I still have a lot of understanding. Uh, that it needs to be done, uh, and, um, but it, uh, you know, it, you know, just like something as simple as growing my hair long, you know, of course, my wife hates it, that's why I call her little Delilah, she hates it, she wants to cut, but even something that simple, people say, oh, you're just trying to be like your dad, you know, and it's just like, you know, I, <laughs> it's not even that, you know, I just like, I like my hair uh, to grow out sometimes, but, you know, there's always going to be that comparison, and all the thing I know to do, and and quite frankly, uh, for a long time I was trying to be uh, like my dad because I, you know, that's all I've ever tried to do uh, was try to uh, uh, do the things like he has done it. But the Lord finally had to get through to me. I didn't call you to be Vic; I called you to be Matt Young. You you do what I called you to do, and that's that's what you need. so, uh, what I had, it took me a while to get to that point. And, uh, you know, the ministry of Fountain Life Bible Church is unique. It is different. And uh, and I want to, as Dad has done before me, reach those that maybe the world uh, has forgotten or don't want anything to do with. Uh, or no matter who it is, I want to try to draw to Jesus Christ. I want them to understand the things of Jesus. And I want to see the ministry of Fountain Life continue on. You know, uh, yes, my dad has has built this church, but... Uh, the Lord has called me, you know, I've even prayed, Lord, is this where you want me at? Uh, you know, for many years, I, you know, I'm going on, uh, f- this is my 15th year uh, preaching at the church or in the ministry there at the church. And uh, for many years, I've prayed, Lord, is this where you want me? And and I feel confidently, this is where God wants me, is at fountain of love. And uh, it, it's not to uh, mirror so much of what my dad has done, but I feel excited because I think the Lord's going to, Take Fountain Life in, in, I don't know whether it's a new direction, but it's going to be uh, an exciting ride, uh, if you will. I feel confident in that, that, that God is going to continue to use Fountain Life for many years to come, and that is exciting to me. And that's why I was telling you all the other day, you know, I kept trying to think of new ways uh, to minister, new ways to reach people. And it's just like the Lord just said, you know what, quit trying to think about new ways. You know, it's not about, uh, uh, you know, we talk about preacher's kids. I mean, you look at, uh, uh, you know, the thing about uh, emergent church stuff. You know, I don't know if you all realized or not, but um, um, uh, Rick Warren, he's a preacher's kid, uh, which I don't agree with Rick Warren's theology but uh, katie perry you see how she went to another direction uh, of course then you have people like uh, franklin graham and uh, uh his sister um uh, uh anyway you know who his sister is <laughs> but i hope you do anyway i gave my mind's with blank on her i know it's lutz graham but i keep her first name but anyway um so you know you see those who have continued on those who have but anyway the point is uh you know is is that Praying, you know, we see what God was trying to tell me was, he, You just preach the gospel. You just preach the truth. You preach the firm foundation of the gospel. And he, God's going to put in that church who He wants there. Every pew may be full. Every other pew might be full. Who knows? You know, all I know is I just got to trust in the Lord and He's going to place in there who He wants. And I'm going to quit worrying about trying to think of something new. Now, we may, you know, there's nothing wrong with thinking of maybe some new programs, uh, maybe some new children's programs. Uh, you know, it, you know, uh, those things may happen. nothing wrong with that. But the, the core is, is to preach the gospel. And God will have there who he wants there. And I think there are people out there who are hungry for the truth. They are hungry for the things of Christ. They are hungry for the things of Jesus and that's what we've got to stick to is the truth. People are tired of this fluff. They're tired of this emergent church secret sensitive junk. They want some hardcore truth. They want some answers and I think that goes not only for the millennials to the generation Z's to the, uh, to what some would refer to as the nothings who don't believe in anything. They want some, they want some real meat. They want some real truth and I think that's where we need to start uh, uh, make sure, you know, one thing I'm proud about Father life is that we do we don't sugarcoat nothing we preach the full gospel but it's been the the, i remember you know when when the church uh you know Dad dad's talking about this morning talking about uh you know having drums and having guitars here i was in high school this is you know 30 years ago when i was in high school i remember people coming up to me and saying your church has drums your church has electric guitar, you know, that was foreign to them. You know, they, you uh, you know, uh, you know some churches thought that was the devil's music. Now those churches have drums and guitars in there. And I remember it was like a rock concert. I mean, people be, you know, they, 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 uh, somebody even held up a ladder. You know, it, it was uh, the type of music we played and the people we drew. Like I said, we've had hardcore bikers come through those doors and people of all walks of life come through the doors. I remember, uh, you know, there was some, uh, dad mentions there were some people getting some some hoity-toity attitudes there at the church. I, I remember he disguised himself and dressed like a bum and walked in just to see the reaction of people. And he come in and walked to the very front just to see what people would do. And then uh, he uh, and he, he preached. They, there is uh, the Lord has used my dad in a mighty way. He has used in life in a very mighty way. And you know, though talking about those individuals. That's one reason why we have been referred to as the Island of Misfit Toys. Here it is at Christmas time, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You think about those Island of Misfit Toys, those that were rejected. Well, guess what? That's who Jesus wants. That's who Jesus wants, is those who feel rejected. Those who don't feel that they are worthy. The reason why I get so choked up, because I don't feel worthy. I feel like a reject. I feel like one of those that I'm like, God, why? Why do you want me? But it's God's grace, his mercy. He wants the misfits. I want you to look here at Matthew Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Look at the definition, Webster's definition of misfit it is uh it's different from other people uh don't belong to any particular group or uh uh situation you know i think a lot of people can re- uh, can uh, relate to that that you're different from other people and you don't belong to a different group or situation you know i've always kind of been like that myself i've never really uh you know i've had some uh, my uh, some close friendships but i just you know, I've never really, uh, uh, you know, you always, you always see some, you know, people you know, have certain groups that they hang out with. I've just always kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say a, a loner, but, uh, you know, I've just, just never really felt like I fit in a lot of different places. I always kind of feel like uh, the, an outsider in a lot of ways. But that goes back to uh, God's word because we are outsiders. All right? We are outsiders. Like I was talking about, we are sojourners. We are strangers in a strange land. We are those misfits. As Christians, we don't fit in. We don't uh, belong to this world. All right? This is just, we're just passing through to get to the world to come. You know, that's what we have those things to to look forward to. And that's one thing, uh, those, those misfits, those out there who don't think they belong, those who feel like they are rejects, guess what? God is there to free you from your guilt. He's there to free you from your failure. And he's there to, uh, uh, to, to embrace you. He's there to forgive you. He's there to love you. That's a great thing. You know, uh, that uh, those, I'm not saying that Fountain Life Bible Church is the only church you can go to to be saved. There's a lot of good, down-to-earth Bible-believing uh, churches out there. Uh, like that's all I'm just warning. They are becoming rare, but they're out there. But that's one thing about our church. We don't care where you're at. All walks of life. Everybody is welcome there at the church. So that, you know, because we want to explain to you the love of Jesus Christ. We want to explain to you uh, those those good things. And uh, something that I had read earlier, and I meant to get the name of the author, and I forgot, so I apologize. Uh, but um, uh, I like what it says that Jesus is called to be like him, a misfit in this broken world. Painting to, pointing to, I'm sorry, get out here a second. A misfit in this broken world, pointing to a kingdom where everyone has a place and is made beautiful. Ain't that an awesome thing? I thought that was a really neat, uh, neat quote there. Uh, that uh, that everyone has a place and uh, and is and his, is made beautiful in God's kingdom. We're, you know, when we come to know Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, again, we become that new creation. Become that new person. We become beautiful in the eyes of God. Uh, you know, before uh, you know, we were at enmity with God. We were rejected, but through Jesus Christ, we are restored. We have that restoration that we come in God's presence. You know, uh, uh, you look at the disciples. You got twelve misfits right there that nobody wanted, that Jesus Christ called, and um, and what a wonderful thing! Uh, I want to look at a couple another verse here. Uh, well, you can look it up. Uh, it's Exodus 22, uh, 21, that's what I was trying to think of earlier in regards to uh, uh, being foreigners in that strange land. Uh, the, I want you to look at that if you get time look that up. You can look at Matthew 11, uh, 19. And um, uh, in Hebrews 10, 10 is a good one. And uh, But remember, we are no longer conformed to this world. We are set apart. That's a wonderful thing to know that as Christians we are set apart. And um, and that's one great thing I loved about our church that people can feel welcome, that day when they walk through those doors they can feel the spirit of the Lord, and there are so many people out there that don't feel loved, that don't feel like they belong anywhere, and they feel like the church is the last place they need to be. But if church is the main, if if. Of all the place in the world, church is where you need to be, so you can understand the love of Jesus Christ, you understand the grace of God, you understand what Jesus Christ done for you, and how he can change you in a very wonderful and mighty way. He wants you, misfits. he wants you, and we want you there at Found Life Bible Church. You know, I spent two, so many years trying to understand what is the meaning of life, why am I even here, why do I even exist? Little did I realize if I'd read my Bible, I could see in Ecclesiastes that Saul, Saul said the same thing. That he uh, he had everything he probably ever possibly wanted, and he found it meaningless. And uh, if you want to know the, the meaning of life, uh, I think that uh, we under, the reason why we search sometimes is that God created us for something more, something beyond this world. I think that's why we search sometimes. But He created us to have fellowship with Him. And that's why we are here on this earth, to serve the Lord thy God with all of our heart, soul, mind, body, and being. To love our neighbors, ourselves. God created us to serve Him. In fact, uh, you can look at uh, uh, Matthew 16, 24 through 25, and Isaiah uh, 43, 7, when you get time, and uh, and see that and understand that that's why God created us, is to serve Him. And that's why we're here. So when you wake up each day, you know what? Why do I exist? I exist for God's work. I exist for God's purposes. And uh, so pray, pray for the ministries here at Fatal Life Bible Church. Pray for uh, me, my father. Pray if you are watching, and maybe you go to another church. Pray for your pastors out there. Pray, my my chihuahua is here. Has heard something. So that's, he's he's going to bark. But I uh, think he heard my my chair squeak. But um, and I pray for uh, uh, our, our your churches. You know, uh, we're living in uh, some, some weird times right now. And uh, if things continue to go forward and if the I'm trying to say things in a nice way, the individual that has stolen this election does make it into office, I think we may see some heavy persecution among churches and Christians. And uh, you know what? The areas where church has been persecuted the most, there's been more growth spiritually. Those where there's less least persecution, the less interest you see. And I think we've seen that in our country. The less the there's been less interest in the things of God, the things of churches. Maybe that's what we need a little persecution, so that people can understand, get rattled enough to understand that hey. I better change the way I'm thinking, the way I'm doing things, and understand the need of a Savior. Then understand the need of salvation. Understand the need of Jesus Christ. Let us have a word of prayer. Dear Father Lord, we thank you. We love you, and we praise you. Lord, thank you for the ministries of Adelaide Bible Church. Thank you for the opportunity to spread the gospel message. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. And Lord, for anyone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God. Forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I appreciate you indulging me this evening. And uh, I hope you uh, uh, didn't mind me sharing my perspective uh, and seeing my father's ministry and uh and and i'm I'm excited about the ministry that the lord has given me and i'm looking forward to where god's going to to take the church uh and and how uh and i pray that he will use me in a way to minister and touch lives uh in a mighty way and uh, because i don't know about you but i want to hear the words well done good and faithful servant i hope you all have a great day evening and hope you all have a blessed week and thanks for watching god bless